0: Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, July 13th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachaply. All right, how's everyone doing tonight? How's everyone doing? I, I want to once again thank um, Ian Miller. I want to thank Ian Miller for coming on the show yesterday. And uh, we talked about his new book, Illusion of Control, Ian, about a year and a half ago, wrote his first book, Unmasked. So if you really want, you know, if you're interested, if you're an open-minded person, even if you're somehow, for some reason, pro-Fauci and pro all of these mandates, I can't imagine anyone still believing that. But if you are, you really should read these books, and they'll give you some real facts, some real evidence on how poorly COVID was handled by the powers that be for nearly three years and all the damage that was done. We're seeing, we're seeing a lot of damage um, through all different aspects of society, right? Just picking up on a little bit about what uh, Ian and I spoke about. And once again, you can listen to that show. It's on, on the network here. You can find it uh, from July 12th, but it, it's, it's, it's just, there's so much damage and, and, not every aspect of society that was damaged by COVID mandates and such are felt by every single person, right? Like I don't have a kid. I don't have any kids. And I'm glad to tell you the truth that I don't have many kids, but people that do felt the effects of the school closures and the, and the mask mandates. I can't imagine feeling the way I did about masking just myself, right? Just wearing a mask in a a movie theater or a, or a restaurant, having to send my kids to school when they finally opened after a year, year and a half, depending on where you were, sending them to school with a mask every day. I can't imagine having had to do that or make the decision, right? That my kids are either gonna go to school with a mask or, or not go to school, right? Um, and, and to have to go through that for, for all that time would be very difficult, really difficult, especially if I had a kid that was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. So there's that. Then there are the people who couldn't visit their loved ones in in nursing homes and they died in nursing homes all along, alone. And then there were people who had to go to the hospital for one reason or another and loved ones couldn't go with them. Then there were people who uh, were afraid to go to the hospital and died at home and instead of getting the care they needed as they normally would have, it goes on and on and on, you know, elderly people who didn't get to see their family, their grandkids in the last couple of years of their lives and died without seeing their grandkids and all of this stuff. It goes, it goes so deep and it's, it's we're going to feel the effects of this for years, for years and years. And of course, we're set back, you know, here in San Francisco um, one story after another. And <laughs> I love watching this stuff on the local news here in San Francisco. And I'm only forced to watch it because I have a roommate and he likes watching the local news. I know it's mostly fake news. So I laugh at it. I find it funny. Then they'll cover something that's real, you know, which is like how bad things are in San Francisco, all the vacancies. Uh, all the small businesses closing, but they'll never talk about why. It's always like, well, it's just happening. Oh yeah. It's just happening. And you see they play to these provincial San Franciscans who have not left their homes for three years. I exaggerate a little bit, but not much. Haven't left their, you know, five six block radius since February of, of 2020 and don't realize how ninety percent of the country is not like this. These things aren't happening in ninety percent of the country. When you go to Miami, you don't see signs, and I see, "Hey, uh, Jackie Berlin, um, thanks for being on here." And Uv, uh, where have you been? Haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. But you don't see billboards in Miami about fentanyl, right? You don't see like uh, uh, graffiti sprayed on this, uh, on the, on the. Uh, On the streets, the way you did in that Ron DeSantis shot right here in Lower Knob Hill, right? Tenderloin area when DeSantis was here doing that little stand-up thing. So you don't see that stuff, right? You don't see any messages about fentanyl. You don't see anything about that. And it's not because they're afraid to talk about it. It's because they don't have it. They don't have it. You understand it doesn't exist there? Okay, so you go to New York City where they have plenty to complain about, right? plenty to complain about a lot of high, you know, high crime and all that stuff that Democrat run cities are dealing with. But what they don't have are like homeless tents all over the place. Now there are various reasons for that. Some of it's just geography, right? Most of the streets in New York are too narrow and crowded with people to have tents. It's not going to work. They're not, you can't put them up there here in San Francisco. There's so much open space, uh, a big reason of that is it's just, well, there are a couple of reasons. It's a much smaller city than New York. And also, there aren't that many people on the streets here anymore. There aren't that many tourists. So there's more room to put up tents where people aren't going to complain about it or we have heavy street traffic with people walking, right? So you don't have to deal with the tents in New York City, even though homelessness is is extremely high but even new york doesn't have the fentanyl issue that san francisco has so it's it's interesting watching local news and they never put the blame where it belongs which is the politicians here the people who were elected by the people who live here that's that's there's a reason why things happen and you know it might make us uncomfortable to talk about it it might not uh, affirm our narrative that we want to affirm you know but here it is now if i lived in a um, Let's say I lived in a conservative city, a right wing city a, a city that's instead of ninety percent liberal like this city ninety percent conservative and you know I noticed there was an a huge uptick in white supremacist violence right uh, uh, crosses being burned uh you know uh, you know uh, the fake you know the 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 nooses hanging from from street signs. I would actually talk about it. I would say, look, this is a problem we need to address here in our conservative city. We have to address this uh, white supremacy. We have to address this neo-Nazi stuff. I would not talk about it because it doesn't affirm my narrative. It doesn't fit into my world narrative. And that's exactly what we're getting here in San Francisco. It's exactly what we're getting here in San Francisco. right. We're getting people who don't want to admit that the people they've elected, elected by the people who live next to, next to them, our neighbors, have totally destroyed the city. And liberalism and progressivism has destroyed this city. It's destroyed it totally. And never watching local news do they ever talk about that. They'll cover these stories as though they just happen. Once again, if it was something they can blame on the right... If it was something they could blame on Trump, they would assign that blame immediately without be, uh, any, any kind of shame, right? They would just assign the blame. But when it comes to assigning to the blame to the people, they uh, remember, remember the people who were doing the news, the newscasters, the anchors, the news writers, the people who run the news stations, they voted for these people. Understand that? Now, unfortunately, you can't have a rule that says the people who work in the media can't vote, right? They have the right to vote. But what they can no longer do anymore, as I've talked about in this show many times, is they can't separate their own politics from reality. They can't separate their own politics from the actual news and doing real journalism. They can't do that. Plus, they don't want to offend the liberals who are watching those networks and we'll get mad and shut them off when you start blaming London Breed and Scott Weiner and these people who they love and adore and keep on reelecting. Also, you can't blame liberalism or progressivism when that is exactly what's to blame. Because the people watching are liberals and progressives and they'll get offended and they'll turn the news off. So they have to pretend these things are just like, oh, they're just happening. And believe us, they're happening everywhere. Everywhere. Sure. Go to Miami. Yeah, right. Homelessness. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Fentanyl. They have have the same fentanyl issues. All the small businesses are dying of the vacancies are through the roof. Go to Omaha, Nebraska. You see people in the fentanyl folds all over the street. No, it's all bullshit. It doesn't exist in many other cities. Mainly in Democrat run cities. And the worst of the worst is here in San Francisco. It's the worst of the worst. So we're seeing more stories now about vacancy. And it's not just San Francisco. It's the entire Bay Area. It's Oakland. It's the South Bay. Vacancies are way, way up. They did a story today on the news. It made me laugh. They had on their expert, their local expert, talking about why it's so expensive. The, why, everyone, why it's so expensive here. It's so expensive here, meaning everyone wants to live here. And they said some ridiculous thing about, I don't know what it was, it was real estate or or the stock market. I don't know what the hell they were talking about, but they tried to make it sound like people actually want to live here. No, people don't want to live here. If you're lucky enough to have landed here because you're from, uh, you know, you're from St. Louis and you're in tech and you could find a cushy tech job here that pays 300 grand and you can afford a luxury apartment. You don't care about that. You're not contributing to your city. They're not. These people are not contributing to this city. They're not. They're enjoying their comfortable lifestyle while everyone else suffers because everything else doesn't affect them. They take Uber to work if they even have to go to work. Remember, many people can work from home. So if you work from home five days a week, you're not walking through ten cities. You're not walking through bad areas. Look, there are plenty of places in San Francisco where you can simply live in your luxury apartment. Okay, and maybe walk within 10, 15 blocks of where you live and you're not going to see a lot of this stuff. It's not like it's in every nook and cranny of the city. So you can live in your own little bubble, right? You live in your own little bubble in a luxury building with a doorman. I was in a building the other day. I couldn't believe this. You know, it was like, you know, when you go to like a fancy hotel and they assign the elevators to the floor. So, you punch in the floor you're going to, and the elevator is, is just for that floor. Well, this was an apartment building that was like that. Everyone had their doors were like were like a, a, a five star hotel, you know, with a, a card that opens up the door. You tap your card like you do with a hotel, and it opens up your door. So, people who live in places like this, I'm, I'm not casting a wide net and saying that they're all bad people, but they're provincial people. All they know is their little life. There was an equinox attached. To this luxury building. So you simply live in your luxury condo, right? Order Uber Eats, walk downstairs, don't even have to go outside to Equinox. I believe there was a entrance through your building to Equinox, right? And live your life. Take if you want to go out, you go on an Uber or Lyft, then you take Uber and Lyft back. And so then those of us will say, look at how bad Muni is. I had to sit next to a guy doing fentanyl on Muni. Did you, they just found someone dead on BART yesterday from drugs, dead on the train, cold, white, dead, stone cold. And I'll talk about these things, and people like that will say, oh, I don't have to deal with that. You're making this up. You're making it seem worse than it is because they don't have to deal with it. That's my problem with these people. That's my problem. They won't even admit there's a problem, like the people who anchor the news, who make six figures, who I'm sure live in luxury buildings, never have to walk through Tenderloin, never have to deal with any of it. Those are the people who are not contributing to the fabric of this city. The regular people, the people who make fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year, those are the people who have to actually live in this stuff and have to deal with it every day. People who actually have to go to work You know, if you work in a restaurant, you got to go to work. You can't do it from home if you're a waiter or a waitress. If you work in a fast food restaurant, you have to go to work. You have to find a way to get to work, walk through the homelessness or take Muni or take BART and you deal with it. And so when you watch these newscasts, you think these people are living in another world. Yes, they have their own MO, right, which, like I said, is not to blame the people who they vote for, who share their political ideology. But also, I don't think they have to actually live this the way the rest of us do. And I don't even have to live it the way many people do. I'll I'll be honest with you, right? I don't have to walk through the Tenderloin. I don't have to. I, I don't. Sometimes I do have to ride through it to get to a place, and that's bad enough. But I don't have to walk through it, so I don't. But some people do. I don't have to take Muni. I haven't taken Muni in about four years, but I did have to take BART for the first time in four years and half the people were wearing masks. That was disgusting enough. So it's like these when you really have to deal with these things. But one thing I have done is I've traveled. Okay, I started traveling in June of 2020 and I've traveled ever since. And I've been to about seven or eight different states, many different cities, swing, right, left. And so I know what life is like in other places. I've gotten out. I don't just trust the news to tell me how bad things are in Florida. Yeah, sure they are. Sure they are. Or how awful things are in Texas. You know, that's that's another thing the liberal media likes to do. They're like, well, yeah, people are moving from California, New York to these places. But look at all the other problems they have. Oh, wow. You have to deal with, uh, what do you have to deal with? Heat. Heat. Oh, there's too much heat in those places. The right wingers love heat. We don't need heat. We don't want heat. We want to live in a 50 degree fog in July, where our our, our 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 buildings are deteriorating from fucking uh, mold and mildew. That's what we want to do. It's it's ridiculous. Or they'll say, oh no, there are other things like don't say gay laws. They'll make stuff up. Like oh, Florida has don't say gay laws. Don't say you can't say gay in Florida, and people progressives in san francisco will believe that they believe it people here thousands and thousands of people believe that you can't say the word gay in schools in florida They, they actually believe it just the way they believe homelessness is there just like here and stores are closing there just like here so unless you get out there and see what life is like you're just going to believe what you want to believe. And I think that's a big reason why people don't go to these places. I hear it all the time from my liberal friends. I'm not, I'm not spending a, a buck in Ron DeSantis' Florida. You know why? Because they'll go there and they'll like it and they don't want to do that. Okay. They don't want to see how green the grass is on the other side. They'd rather pretend it's not green. Okay. They'd rather pretend the people who are talking to them on television are telling them the truth about these places they they want to listen to Gavin Newsom tell them that Florida did worse during COVID they want they want Gavin Newsom to tell them that California has a better economy than Florida that California has 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 less crime than Florida that California Newsom gets away with telling these idiots and look there's no other way I can describe people believe this crap that you know like a a, 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 a Nebraska or Oklahoma or Tennessee has worse crime than California. And people believe this nonsense. They believe it because they don't go and see for themselves. And so Newsom and other liberals and the news and all these networks rely on the ignorance of the people who watch them, the the provincial uh, uh, superficiality of the people who watch these networks. And they believe what they're told and sold, and they don't see it for themselves. And then they're forced to cover these stories on the news, and they don't assign blame. They don't assign blame. And one thing they never do is compare things here to other places. Do you ever see that on the news? They'll compare Oakland to San Francisco, but they won't compare San Francisco to Miami. They won't compare Oakland to, you know, Houston or Dallas. They won't do that because they can't. Because they know then their narrative falls apart. It totally falls apart. They would rather blame Trump for everything now. Now, in 2023, he hasn't been president for three years. They'd rather blame him, okay, than tell the truth. Yes, Trumpism is why crime is so high in San Francisco. I mean, this is we just saw London Breed do it like a month ago, right? You think I'm talking about this and it sounds ridiculous, but she just did it. Shit, the reason why San Francisco has such a bad reputation is because six years ago, Trump said it was a shithole. That was a reason. We're seeing this over and over again from the, the local politicians here because they know they can fool people. They can fool people into believing it's not their fault. Oh, wait a minute. No, we have, we have a bad reputation because of the media. Wait a minute. The media? The left-wing media? The NBC Bay Area that I watch every day? Where? Where is the left-wing media bashing San Francisco? Where? They are, they worry about San Francisco only when they're forced to, when it becomes so obvious that they have to write these stories because they're true. And yet that's why San Francisco, that's why, oh, she said, please, tourists aren't coming because of bad press, because of bad press, not because they come here and they walk through the tenderloin and they tell their friends, don't ever fucking go to that place. That's why tourism is suffering here, because people come and then they get robbed. People come and they don't feel comfortable. People come and they get assaulted by homeless people who are drugged out, schizophrenic, and then they tell their friends and their families, don't ever go to San Francisco. That's why. Because really the only public transport you can take in San Francisco and not be afraid is the cable car, which is what, $8 each way or some ridiculous thing? I saw a guy going on there, and this was years ago. I haven't taken the cable car in many years I remember a guy going on with his family, who's a tourist, and I think he gave them like $70, bu- $70, $70 to take it, what, did a mile and a half? And that's the only way you can travel here and not feel like you're in danger or feel uncomfortable. Unlike many other cities where you can take their public, their light rail, and you don't feel uncomfortable. And this is a, a constant, it's a constant narrative. It really is. It's a constant narrative here where you just continue to see stories about this place closing. What was it? A brewery that's been around for, for a hundred years is closing. It's like a, what, it's a <laughs> you don't hear about that in any other city. You don't. You don't hear about in any other city. And, when you're watching the local news or CNN, MSNBC, they don't put on the small business owners. Fox puts on the small business owners who are, who are closing up shop in cities like San Francisco. I just saw one. It was, uh, wasn't San Francisco. I think it was Los Angeles or San Diego or some other Democrat-run city, where, a Pittsburgh, where they had to close. They had to close because there are no cops. It was a guy in, de- in, in South Pittsburgh there was a shooting in front of his sports bar two in the morning last weekend. And he said that in that area of Pittsburgh, there used to be 35 cops walking around. Now there are four, four, because police are quitting everywhere. They don't want to work in these places. They're not backed up by the district attorneys. They arrest people and they see the same people out on the streets the next day. So they like, we're not going to deal with this anymore. Why should I put in this? Why should I put my life on the line? Police officers, the most the most, you know, dangerous job in the world. Why should I put my life on the line when the DA is going to just let them out the next day again? They'll commit another crime. I'm not going to do that anymore. Would you want to do that job? Seriously. Would you want to do any job where you put in the work, you do your job, and the next day... All the work you've done by your boss is wiped out. It, even in the white-collar world, would you want to work in a job like that? You say, what's the point? What am I doing? What's my job? What's my job? So on top of that, of course, it's so dangerous. So police officers quitting. San Francisco's lost thousands of police officers over the last five years. Thousands of police officers. You don't see a cop here anymore. Uh, July 4th, I saw one cop car on the 4th of July with the people shooting off illegal fireworks. You couldn't tell the difference between the fireworks and the, and the gunshots for days. One cop car I saw. So they don't exist anymore. I was in an Uber last week, and the guy said to me, I, there are no. I'm an Uber driver, I don't see cops. There are no cops anymore. It's a lawless city. It's a city where there are, I don't know the number, but it could be something like 70 criminals to one cop. A hundred criminals to one cop. I'm just making that up, but that's about, you understand the ratio here. So it's a lawless city here. This is a lawless city. There's no law and order. It's like a town uh, in the Old West without a sheriff. We've seen movies about that, right? Towns without the sheriffs, and then they have to find, they go out and they find Clint Eastwood to come in and, and uh, bring law and order. That's what we need here. It's like tombstones. It's a lawless city that's run by the criminals. Over, uh, you're on, unless <laughs> be heard. Long time, no speak. What's up, brother? How are yeah. you? How's it going? You know, I just
1: caught up on all my boosters on the same day all at once, <laughs> and I just took a long nap. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Sounds like San Francisco
0: needs you to put on a Batman suit, brother. Well, we need Batman, Spider-Man, Robin, all of those superhero films that we've seen. We need them all. Not just one's not going to do it. Even Batman will be outnumbered here.
1: I mean, that's the only way people are going to be activated. That's but how Batman, easy they
0: are. If I, remember, if I remember correctly, I'm not a huge superhero fan, but Batman had kind of the assistance of like the police and Gotham, and there's no police here. I mean, I'm not lying, man. I don't see them anymore.
1: Oh, you got to go to their like pig pen, and they're just hanging out over there.
0: Like they're just not on the street. They're just well, they are do not want to be on calls. the street. They don't want to have, They don't want the job. They don't I want the job. You, you put I in. You. Let's say you put in a full day at work, and you did all the work I told you to do, and then you give it to me. I'm the boss. You put it on my. I say I want it on my desk at you know by by seven p.m. You put all the work on my desk. I look at it and I go, okay, thanks. Then I put it through a shredder. And the next day you have to start over again. Why would you want that fucking job? Are you a fucking idiot? Who would want that kind of a job? And that's what these cops have to go through. And you add the fact that they can take a bullet in the back at any minute and make nothing, make no money whatsoever. Why would you want to do that? Who would want to do it? I put that on the
1: gay CIA. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, you Have you not know. Have you seen the manual on how to destroy organizations?
0: No. It
1: sounds like you just repeated six or seven lines straight from that. Did I really? Yeah.
0: And I've never seen it.
1: It's, uh, it's out there. I mean, well, I also know how the CIA works. They'll just take credit for whatever and make you believe that they're all bad and almighty. But I wrote down some things over what you've been saying if you want to hear it. Go, go for it. Yeah, uh, so I just, I came to the realization that the news isn't trying to talk to us. Like, they're talking to people who are heavily pharmaceutically medicated. And that's how they get away with, um, you know, talking like the most rich, arrogant people you've ever met in your whole life, where they double speak five times in every sentence. It's You just
0: got to be on Lexapro or Prozac for that to make sense to you. I'd have to be on Lexapro or Prozac just to watch the news all the time. I can't stand watching it like I said my my roommate watches the you know the five and the and the craziest thing of the worst thing about the news is that it's it's such it's a- it's constant propaganda. I remember they used yeah. to be like the five o'clock news or the six o'clock news and the eleven o'clock news now the news is like it's the four this is the four o'clock news we'll see you at five o'clock and with the five o'clock news we'll see you at six o'clock then we'll see you at eight o'clock and they repeat the same propaganda. Like seven times a night. I mean, it's total. Yeah. It's not it's they're not even ashamed of being this prop, this constant propaganda outlet. It drives so me crazy.
1: Mental, well, it, hey, it sounds like you're mentally stable because <laughs> that's, that's the healthy reaction for it.
0: I don't know how much longer that's going to last in this city. You know what? I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half now. If not for this, I might be insane. Hey, we
1: have to form our
0: communities. This is our community, in a sense. It's not Um, not the letting this out, letting everything out five nights a week. I think I could be, I might be insane right now. I might be in one of those institutions. You got
1: to add the little, if you're hearing this transmission, you're the resistance at the beginning of this broadcast. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I wanted to make a point about the pharmaceutically medicated, though have you ever heard, uh, those stats about like feminism and whatnot about how many people you need to accomplish a movement like all over the country? Like this was in Bernie's years. They were saying like, we need 2% of the population to sign up to our movement and then we'll be successful. Right. Just like yes. A yes. I do recall people. that. Yeah. So, um, and if you keep those stats in mind, um, from everything I've read across like all the spectrums of, of the news, um, there's anywhere between 10 to 110 million Americans on pharmaceutical drugs, like psych drugs. Yeah. that's Like mind-altering substances from a doctor. That's a and frightening number. It's a frightening yeah. number. What frightens me is the variance, right? It's like some researchers are saying it's 100 million, and then the conservative ones are saying 10 but either way you're way over that like political movement number I was trying to say like and I think that's the whole point of it is just like we're going to get every like a certain amount of people drugged up and then we're we can just like have a straight pipeline to their brains and their vote like and they've outdone like any grassroots movement by at least 3x
0: well you can't think straight now. when you're drugged out Right. I mean, you, they know that. And you, you watch can't... CNN and
1: yeah. listen to them. Right. Um, like I, re- I recently heard. Uh, <laughs> I try not to self censor, but I guess I don't know if it's if you say Alex Jones's name on here, what happens. But uh, Alex Jones did an interview with uh, like in 1999 or something with the Rothschild and the way he taught like the Rothschild, he's like. Oh, these opportunities are great money-making businesses, like in lots, like lots of positive cash flow. And then Alex Jones is like, "Yeah, and you're the devil for making a business out of people suffering." And then what comes out of the Rothschilds' mouth? You think I make money off of this? Is <laughs> what it's like. What the no? F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like the world's richest families are saints now. Is what like they're just talking? They they say we're going to go pillage the planet for, for money-making Yeah, there was just some Democrat and then, on
0: Capitol Hill today saying what a great person George Soros was, right? What a wonderful hero, heroic George Soros is. Yeah. Yeah. So then COVID, right? Um,
1: that's what you started with. Uh, those books are great for those who didn't live it and stayed reading. Unfortunately, I did all that. I lived through it and stayed reading through it. So... I recognized, um, you know, the doublespeak in the documents, how there was manufactured documents from Pfizer, Moderna, Janssen, Johnson, that said hundreds of reasons why you shouldn't take their shots from the first day, mm-hmm. right. but yet the propaganda news media says 100% safe and effective, Lexapro and Prozac users eat that up and go roll up their sleeves no matter what, like, mm-hmm. Um, so I recognize that as MKUltra, 9-11-style traumatizing on a mass scale, and they were very successful with that. Um, I had a cousin who worked in the towers. She was late that day. She's alive, but you best believe she's traumatized, and dealing with that and the family, you know, has been a thing, Not hasn't been like a huge thing, but... I can recognize now how everyone's acting like that. Like sure. the only people who aren't are the ones that didn't like roll up their sleeves, which is just me and like one cousin out of like sixty of us. So instead of one person being mass traumatized now, like the whole family is and we're they're all behaving weird and <laughs> um, tried to separate, like tried to segregate us at Christmas, like and then Lo and behold, people still got, like, minor flus, but nobody died because we're all vegetarians. But that's a whole separate issue. Um, any thoughts on
0: that? Um, they knew that everyone was going to get COVID. They knew it. They knew everyone was going to get it. This is, yes. I, I'm not buying any excuse. I talked about this with Ian Miller yesterday, and we bandied this about this idea of whether they were just, like, wrong misguided or did everything on purpose and i i really truly believe and i believe this for a while but i think it's been uh proven is that they they did everything on purpose they knew they oh, knew very
1: smart yeah, they absolutely.
0: knew the mortality rate was going to be point 0. zero something not two or three percent they knew that not hundred percent near a hundred percent of people were going to get the virus not just thirty percent or forty percent they knew this They knew it. They knew it from the start. Okay. This is not the first respiratory virus. It's just a different variant of a respiratory virus. I could see if this was 1750. Okay. But it was 2020. They knew what they were dealing with. They knew masks did jack shit to stop viruses. They knew six feet rule was garbage. It was invented by a a fucking infant. It's an eight year old. They knew all this shit. They knew it. And they said, you know what, people will be afraid, and we're going to scare them even more, and we'll get them to do what we want them to do, and that's why they did it. And these people need to go to jail for it. They need to go to jail. The, I can say that a million times until I'm blue in the face, and I'll keep saying it. They need to go to jail, period. I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. Um, I take it a step further. I, t- I let people
1: know that everything they need to make a guillotine is at Home Depot and Lowe's. Well,
0: yeah, of course. But didn't uh, – wasn't there so- – some events recently, some protests where people brought a guillotine or kind of a makeshift I mean, guillotine. I don't know if it was a working guillotine. I, I, I don't know if you are allowed to carry of around South. the working <laughs> guillotine, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, it was like a prop or something that looked pretty good. But look, the fact of the matter is, they just need to go to jail. I mean, these people would never last in jail, especially most of them are you know hundred years old already, so they would never last in jail. But like I said to Ian, and I've said before, we put eighty-five, ninety-year-old Nazi prison guards in jail. We didn't care that they were 90 years old, that it happened 40 years before that, or they were forced to do it, or they were just following orders. We didn't care. We put them in jail regardless. And I'll say it again. I have more sympathy. Don't take this the wrong way now. People will take it the wrong way. I don't care. I have more sympathy for the Nazi COVID people because the Nazi prison guards probably would have been killed by Hitler and the, and the, and the, uh, and the Nazis, if they hadn't followed orders, they probably actually would have yeah. been killed and their families probably would have been killed. OK, but 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 they got themselves into that situation on their own accord. But these people during covid, what, what, what were they what were they going to lose? Right. It said, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. If you said, no, I'm not going to close my business. Are they going to kill you. Were they going to kill your family? No, there was a lot less on the line. What were they going to do? Were they going to bully you? Were they going to give you some fines that you never had to pay anyway? Because we know people who were fined, they went to the judge and the judge nullified the fines because it was illegal mandates. So what was really on the line for people? The people who say, well, we were just following what we were told. What was really on the line? Was your family going to be killed? Were you going to lose your life for, defi- for defying fucking Gavin Newsom or Justin Trudeau? No, there wasn't. You were, We were Look. We're a a society of of fucking pussies. That's what it comes down to. And you know what? We do need more real men in this society. We need more testosterone. We need more alpha men. We need more real men who are going to stand up and say, you know what? You're not going to push us around, okay? We're not going to be pushed around by the government that we, the people, control this country. We pay your fucking salary, and you're not going to tell us what to do. And if alpha men had taken a stand over the last three years instead of beta men, we would be in a different situation.
1: I, I would use they, not we. Sorry, I don't mean to yell at you. No, by all means. I'm, I'm not yelling yell at anger. you. I'm yelling I over understand.
0: you. I'm not yelling I at have
1: you. Something, I have something to yell about at the end. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but... The way I've been combating the 15-minute city propaganda is I put up a picture of Auschwitz and I just say, isn't it great? The med tent is a 15-minute walk from the showers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm mm. with you, brother. I, I yeah. feel your rage. I just got people sleeping and I can't yell back.
0: No, I mean, I was. Uh, Bill says the same thing all the time, that there are people sleeping and he wants to yell, but he can't. <laughs> but... Um... Got maybe that's, maybe that's you. another reason why I should do the show earlier, so everyone who comes on can scream like I do. Would't that be fun? we could all just scream but uh look, the fact of the matter is is that there was nothing really on the line when we look at this. you know people say, oh, they would have closed my business but, well, but you closed your business anyway, Jack, <laughs> you closed it anyway. What was worse than that? What was worse than not having a business? What was worse than not having an income? What was worse than not having employees or your employees losing their jobs? They couldn't have done anything worse to you than we did. This is what it comes down to. They couldn't have done anything worse to us than we ended up doing as a, at, to ourselves. And we, Absolutely. I say, as the collective. Yes, I know you were against it, and I've been yelling about it forever. I know it. But we're all kind of responsible we should have all done more and they try to do it again we need to shove it up there you know where's
1: well that's what Alex Jones Lord Voldemort says right He's like um, it's our fault and God should vaporize the planet tomorrow because we failed Um, I don't exactly believe in that but I feel it like I get it the problem does seem a little insurmountable especially if you've been in it as long as he has but And I've seen some things in my personal, professional life that, um, you know, make me also believe that it's way beyond, like, our control. And uh, I just prefer to keep fighting because, like you said, the only thing they can take is our lives. And I've definitely read the um, studies and whatnot that show that um, the prison guards really don't have to do anything. The prisoners will watch themselves a lot better. That's very true. Um, There's definitely another truth thing to that you were talking about is, well, I wrote this note down while you were talking. I said, "The revolution won't be televised, but it will put on an LGBTQ+ costume to cover <laughs> the crash of the. <laughs> um,
0: I like that you take notes. I like that. I like that idea. You're like, oh, go ahead, I, I have to talk about this, but that's a whole other issue. That's all well, part of the weakening of our society right we are we're basically raising very weak people now i mean i know every generation says this i'm afraid of what the next generation is going to be like right they'll we've i know that i know it's been said many times before i'm afraid what the next generation that's going to be running things is going to look like but i am really really afraid of what the next generation of people who are like in their teens and 20s now when they're running things What that's going to look like, because we are we're raising a a country of of very, very weak people. And I can include men and women into that. Right. There's no backbone. You can't look. People can't even take disagreement anymore, man. They can't take this. They cower from a simple discussion. Do you want these people in a foxhole next to you? Do you want these people defending your country? If I'm China now, forget Putin. If I'm China now, I'm thinking, look how weak Americans are. Look at how weak. We can go in there and really take over. What are they going to do? Are these people going to fight? Are these people who are afraid, who call you a terrorist and call you names and cancel you for disagreeing with them? Are they going to fight? Of course not. It's frightening. It really is
1: scary. I remembered why I wrote it down. You were talking about how the media won't cover, uh, the police and the crime and all that stuff. And yeah, the corporations definitely, um, enraged like all sides of the aisle with this, um, LG pride month this month. And even the CIA came out and then talked about how they were gay last month when I called that 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, it's you know do you know this representative who's left the democrat party she became a republican mesha Maynor, m-a-i-n-o-r she um is a, the georgia house of representatives and she switched from democrat to republican and she tweeted something a couple of days ago something i've been saying on this show for a while now and she said i didn't leave the democrat party the democrat party left me when it embraced left-wing radicalism, lawlessness, and put the interests of illegal aliens over the interests of Americans. I have nothing to apologize for. And this is what I've talked about many times. People say, oh, you voted for Bernie. How can you think about voting for Ron DeSantis? Well, I'm not just thinking about it. I'm going to do it. Because the Democrat Party that I was once part of, the liberal left I was once part of, has now left me. I didn't leave them. And there's nothing to apologize for. And Representative Maynor could have listed twenty other things, okay, um, that are very different with the Democrat Party now as compared to, you know, in um, the past, and uh, it's just it, it really is become the party of intolerance in a lot of ways, the party of, uh, of, uh, of, of 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 a bunch of people who are just so weak, so pathetic that any any discussion where they don't where well, you don't agree with what they say where you don't just simply agree with what they're saying or second their their opinions and they cower and they want to cancel you and they don't they want to make you invisible they don't want to deal with you and they want to call you names and it couldn't be as i've said right terrorist domestic terrorist oh, maga trumper so on and so forth white supremacist, all their favorite terms that they like to use because they can't defend their own positions. That's becoming just so, look, I I don't like Trump supporters and I'm I'm actually hating them more on a daily basis, but I would still, I'd still prefer to talk to a Trump supporter than to a Democrat because the Trump supporters is more willing to engage you and argue with you. Um, The Democrat won't even argue with you. They won't even talk. They won't even discuss, right? Nothing. We can't we can't we can't talk to you. You don't agree with us. Here's the difference. Right. When we disagree with each other, we can say, well, we're disagreeing with each other. We're not saying you're a bad person for thinking differently than me. And this is what the Democrat Party has become. Now liberals believe you are an evil person. You are a bad person for disagreeing with their point of view and your point of view should not even be heard. You should be censored. They agreed with the Twitter censorship. Believe me, they're not saying it didn't happen. They disagree with it, you know, because in their minds they justify the censorship on Facebook and Twitter all those years before Elon Musk took over was uh, helping defeat Donald Trump and Trumpism. And that's all they needed to do to justify censorship and communism. it
1: It was leaked in 2012 that they had offices in the headquarters, the FBI, the NSA... That they have offices at Facebook and whatnot. Uh, Robert Mueller, I think you're the one who said you met him actually, um, you know, has a famous story about waving at Zuckerberg when time was taking his portrait. And Zuckerberg was like, why are you in the building? He's like, you didn't know I have an office here. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a few go more on. things written down and then I no, think go I ahead. do have one go more ahead. thing that go will through your list. Trump supporters okay. at the end. <laughs> Say again. Um, I, I have, have one more thing and then one other thing that might make you hate Trump supporters at the end. Oh, um, even more? This. Oh, yeah, all of them, because <laughs> I think you got some sympathy. Well, you know, you I'll mistakes. let you talk
0: in a second. But when I say I hate Trump supporters, it's Politically um, I hate cult. I don't like cults, whether it's the cult of Democrat, the cult of Biden, the cult of Trump. The, you know, I don't like cults because the cult, you, you can't talk to them. It's tough to get through them through them because they need to be deprogrammed first so it's kind of pointless but also because a trump nomination and once again i've said this a million times a trump nomination means president biden or president harris or president newsom it's just plain and simple that's what it means so that's why i dislike trump supporters so much because they're so involved in their cult of trump that they're so selfish that they don't care that it leads to another another Trump loss and all Trump's been doing since 2018 is losing. So. Okay. So
1: we'll definitely touch on that on the last thing. I think you'll really like it. But this thing about how you're talking about people are weak. Um, I agree with you. And that's why there's who needs cops anymore. Like when people are just like so docile and like, you know, not even willing to talk to each other. They're not going to go assault each other. They're not even going to face each other for words, um, except when it reaches a boiling point like mass shootings and stuff. Um, I saw a report recently that was talking about how Border Patrol has completely uh, increased and superpowered their jurisdiction in terms of a uh, literal, like, uh, land, like distance from the border that they can. Jurisdict. They also added airports. And a radius around airports, and with those two additions to where they're allowed to arrest people without like warrant and question, it covers nine out of ten Americans. Yeah. So. Good point. We're not going to be committing the, the traditional crime anymore like uh, it's literally going to be some form of DHS border control going to knock down your door and take you away um, if we keep letting this go on the way it's going and my point with all that was is that as free Americans we're being cornered into open air prisons mm-hmm. Um now the fun thing, um, I think Hollywood's in full effect this week. Uh, have you talked about
0: Oppenheimer or Barbie? Well, I'm going to see Oppenheimer next week. So next next Friday I'll have my review of Oppenheimer on the day it opens. Uh, what I just saw, which I'll review tomorrow night is, is is Mission Impossible. So no I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. Or Barbie. I'll see both of them though. <laughs> what are you laughing, what are you laughing about?
1: That's the politically correct thing to say, is that you'll see them both. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, yeah. uh, well, so my point of it is is that I think... You the mean, the, the are you going to talk about the writer's strike? No, no, not oh, at oh, all. Oh, I okay. want to talk about how they accomplish propaganda with these films that I refuse to watch
0: anymore. But you, but, you have to see uh, the films first. You can't just assume <sighs> that. I've seen this stuff in real life, brother. I'm sorry to I say it. I know, but it, you but... can't... Look, I, I, I don't believe in criticizing a film positive or negative without seeing it just like i would not criticize a television show without seeing it or read a book or a book or anything I think you might, or i think you might or like a politician's point that. of view till i knew what the point of view was you know i think you, i think it's ignorant to do that but anyway go ahead go ahead
1: sure i know i hear out the writers and directors and stuff like i i'm a i'm a film person myself
0: like i mean if you're going to say that most about, of hollywood is left wing and is going to maybe skew their films to the left. That's not a shock. You have to kind I'm, of expect I'm that, say right? Not at all.
1: I'm not. I didn't say left wing at all. I said just propaganda for the like, ultimately the military-industrial complex. And from hearing out um, all the narratives, trailers, and whatnot surrounding. Well, mo- most good
0: filmmakers want to go deeper than that. They don't. They they don't just want to do this surface propaganda i mean most good filmmakers like if you want to make a really good uh, biopic about someone i'm getting and of course this is basically a biopic about oppenheimer most good filmmakers want to be really well-rounded they want to get the measure of the person i mean and the best films do and if they don't they usually get poor reviews for me anyway so we'll see We'll
1: see. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be a great um piece of, you know, cinematic history. He's pushing the boundaries in a lot of ways as he always does, like bringing back old format to new, like viewing pictures and all that. And I appreciate all that. I appreciate technology moving forward hundred percent. But what I don't like is how the whole country is talking about three movies that <laughs> surround the military. Uh Barbie dolls and then the sound of freedom is about a CIA agent running around the jungle just cracking the heads of poor people talking about how that's fighting sex trafficking um, so I just I have fundamental issues with all three of those things and that seems to be consuming like the American like media's mind you know so no matter what movie you end up seeing this weekend like capitalism and the empire ends up winning is what i was trying to say
0: well well it seems to be this idea of even talking about ch- child sex trafficking seems to be really bothering the left of of,
1: of course like
0: what do I you mean, think the plus a, stands for yeah i mean even if you know even if it's not the greatest depiction of it you might say that it's like it's like just talk I it's very odd isn't that an odd hill to die on
1: they don't believe in anything we do. They're on a ton of drugs. Uh, they unironically worship Satan, and, <laughs> and they're tra- just, and they're trafficking I children. Some
0: of them, some of them are having ch- some. Let's put it this way: some of them are having sex with children. Mike, some of them yes, are having I, sex with underage people. Isn't that the, is that mind blowing? I to say know that very, there are people in Hollywood who have sex with people who are underage.
1: I say it with a very heavy heart because I. Dated a survivor of this, but they were victims of it themselves. That's why. Yeah. So we're breeding this culture in America. Whenever we, this is my whole thing about why LGBTQ is so dangerous. I don't think it's a cult. I think it's a CIA-designed MKUltra destruction bomb on the American fam, on the American children by starting to attack women. Like that's why L is the first one. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every single birthing practice in this cult like guarantees that you're gonna have a mentally like challenged kid, um, just simply based on the fact that if you're in an L-based relationship, and I could go down the whole laundry list of the alphabet. I've wrote I've actually wrote it out because like it's been frustrating me. Um, but really, every single birthing practice that exists under this whole cult, all the way from the L, the B, the T, the G. Like, whenever you sperm donate... The you want to go through whenever... all the
0: letters? Go through all the letters. No,
1: but, like, what I'm just trying to say is is that, like, um, when you adopt a child, like, the child, you, you know, like, has to be held by its actual mother and father to get those, like, form hormones mm-hmm. like, develop. And sure. that just doesn't happen in these relationships. like yeah. Things like that. Um, so you're just guaranteeing that... The child's going to be screwed up. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. At least sub 85 IQ is what I Well, I've there's a reason why
0: a lot of people in in the LGBTQ, especially the T the part, the trans part, they don't Artistic. believe in the family unit. Now, why would you believe in the family? When you don't believe in something, you're just because it went bad for you, right? Like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really believe in the corporate America because I've probably gotten fucked in corporate America, right? And so, or fucked by corporate America, or I worked in that world and it didn't work out, and I know I hate them. Well, they don't believe in the family unit because for a lot of them, they had very, very rough childhoods. Yeah, they're victims you know. of the
1: of the sex trafficking. Um,
0: well, and just, just you know, being brought up by shitty parents. So it happens. Yeah,
1: I mean, Mar. I mean, Mike. Sorry, <laughs> sure. Mike. Um, I. I just. I I went undercover and dated a leftist like from
0: <laughs> a March. Wait April, a minute! You didn't May. you didn't date a leftist just to do a sociological study? I you? had
1: love in my heart for this person. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, do, but, it was real. Um, it was real. <laughs> it, yeah, but it's also <laughs> real funny. how they unironically worship Satan. Like, um, she's got a goat as her phone background, and it has a caption that says, "Satan loves you." I don't like, know. Is that like a then,
0: is that, like, goth? Is that, like, just, like, you want to be different?
1: No, um, it's, it, it comes from the fact that, like, she's adopted, like, and then her parents were, like, felt like they couldn't ever hold her. Like, it's such a sad story, like, and I could not never have the heart to, like, we never got around to, like, talking about this, because, like, I'm not, in her eyes, I'm not a licensed therapist, and she just <laughs> shut the hell up about all of it. Um, but, I can see that like her adopted parents like kind of like treated her like as a pet almost like on a leash and like mm-hmm. never held her like growing up. She got adopted from such a young age. Like she has no idea what a family is and then like when she was 16 like they kicked her out and then the only thing she could do was rent a trailer with her boy with her adult boyfriend in Ohio, and then that's how she got, like, became a victim of sex trafficking, because... That's terrible. Um, it, it's... Yeah, like, and... Look, and there's all when... different kinds of
0: sex trafficking, you know, so it's like... It's, it, it, it's such a... It, it happens worldwide. It's all over the place, so it's like you can focus on central america you could say well, this wrong. is why Eight? i don't
1: like the sound yeah. of freedom it's like why do you why the hell do you have to go to south america to find any of this stuff like or wherever the hell they went it's like well no but a, really a lot of it does take here. place in
0: those countries you know I'm it's saying?
1: happening here yeah. Mark. Like, mike i'm sorry and that's that's why i think the cia agent is at the center of that story like i only trust those people as far as i can throw
0: well them. it's also but, his experience with sex trafficking you know and and, and the idea of you know, a lot of these children are are trafficked from places like uh, what was it? What was the film Nicaragua, right? And uh, and they're trafficked, and it, it does trace back to here. The film made it very clear. A lot of it traces back to here. But the fact of the matter is, is that in these in these countries like the Asian countries we're talking about, I think they focus on what Cartagena, and uh, Colombia, and uh, you know Cambodia, Vietnam. A lot of this stuff happens in these places. You know, so. That's where they can often get away with it more than they can get away with it here, but it happens everywhere. There are children who are kidnapped from this country and are, you know, in sex traffic here, or sent to other countries and are sex trafficked there. But the fact of the matter is, it's it brings up a subject that we haven't seen before in in in, uh, in Hollywood, right? In in a, in a major release that millions of people see. It brings up a subject that we haven't seen before, so I would call sure, it a so. start. But what's amazing is even that start is really, you know, um, shaking the hornet's nest. It seems and making a lot of people on the left very nervous.
1: I got honest, honestly, Mike. Um, my my whole philosophy is like let um, children grow up to be healthy adults. Like obviously, don't traumatize them. But then when they put nine eleven on the screen, like I feel like we have different objectives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Look, so... I think there'll be
0: a film, this could lead to a film being made about Epstein, no, right? No, Epstein's hold on, Island. Hold on
1: for a second. So I I got so disgusted whenever the actual CIA agent, like the guy, um, I forget his name right now. It's fucking, it's from oh, you, you the Texas. So
0: you saw the film? No, nah, well,
1: I'm not going to watch it because it's... Why? Like... <laughs> I uh, let me get to it, Mike. Hold on. I will get to it because I, I mentioned I've seen this stuff in real life. Like, so I got really disgusted whenever uh, Mike Baker, I think is his name, right? Mark Mike Baker.
0: Or something. Am I? I'm sorry. The CIA um,
1: agent in the film, who the actual film is about.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Jim Caviezel <laughs> plays. Um... It's a good question. I forgot the I forgot the CIA agent I forget, name. I forgot too. I just know him as the Go ahead. Keep agent. talking.
1: Go ahead. So he did an interview with the with the forty fifth president um, while they were while forty five had access. Tim to the Ballard. Oval,
0: Tim Ballard. Tim Sorry. Ballard.
1: Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So Tim Ballard did an interview with the with President Trump while he was president, I believe, because they were in what looked like an Oval Office like conference room, telling Trump about all this stuff. And I will urge you to recognize like why Trump is not shocked, surprised or disgusted because at the top of the supply chain of child sex trafficking is the elite hotel owners. Uh
0: uh-huh. um,
1: Donald Trump is a, a hotel owner, like elite mm-hmm. hotel owner. Like these, like he's, he, he knows like about it. Like, Mm-hmm. Up, down, left, right, center, and so, turns of blind. Did you eye.
0: want the film to like talk about Donald Trump and J- and Epstein not necess- and, and, not and necess- Bill Clinton? Yeah,
1: like the top of the su- yes, like all sides of it. The top of the supply chain. I think these movies are so gross when they don't show both sides of the supply chain. Of course, it's a great, cool movie to watch a CIA agent run through the jungle and crack heads and save kids. Like, who's not for that? But like, come on now, <laughs> like he's going to run for president again. Like, and that part is intentionally being left out of the conversation. Like, even well, as we're like discussing it, as you're saying, like how the conversations are starting, like nobody's connecting it. Everybody's like, Oh, I want to go take missions to the jungle and save kids. It's like, that's not what you need to be doing. As I think here, citizen. here,
0: here's a reason. If I were making this film, I might leave out the political figures just for that reason. Not that they haven't done this over, anyway, the left, But they'll then say it's political. It's a political hit job. So I think you purposely may not want to bring in actual political figures. Because then the film can be pegged as political. And actually, even though the left is trying to peg this film as political, as you're criticizing it right now for not being political enough, it's really not a political film. It's really not a religious film. It's simply a film about an issue that we don't see covered enough.
1: Well, like I said I would be happy for them to do Trump and Clinton like well so but I'm telling you
0: but more truthful like, someone will what I'm eventually to say. this might lead to someone eventually doing the film about Epstein
1: I mean if they keep if they keep hitting me with cars I'm going to make it like you should
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm well. very serious
0: I mean people should do you know what I'm saying it's like hey now's a great time to write a screenplay because we can we can all be you know, uh, what do you call it? I'd uh, be crossing the picket line. Yes, exactly. Yeah, what, what do they call those people again? I just lost the term. Writer's Strike. Writer's Guild Strike. No, Sorry, no, people know. who cross the picket line. There's a name for them. Uh, I'm losing it. Amazon workers? No. <laughs> no, come on. Be serious. Amazon <laughs> workers. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I love you, brother. I'm going to finish with that because that's all I got wrote down. Was that I the Trump thing? Well
0: oh that was a trump uh, thing okay 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 uh, you no know, the okay. Movie,
1: it was more about the hollywood about how the the conversation is being dominated by the military well, I mean, the, the, the ridiculousness about CIA Trumps. A, the,
0: you go ahead th- thanks for the call i appreciate it call more often um the, the ridiculous thing about trump support they're in a cult so they like they'll say biden's too old and out of it but trump's fine <laughs> Hear this all the time. Well, but you know Biden's an old guy, but Trump, nah, he's fine. You know, by he's not he's not old. He's not old. He's old. he's he's so much more there than Biden is. I don't even know what that means, really. I mean, I think Bernie Sa- Bernie Sanders is a lot more there than Biden is, but I certainly would not want Bernie Sanders to be president at his age. So it's like they, they they're in such a cult, and and. This will go to your point about Donald Trump. They'll say, oh, Bill Clinton is a pedophile. Bill Clinton was on Epstein's island. And then they'll say, oh, Trump is in the clear there. <laughs> he's, he's great. No, He has no connections to Jeffrey Epstein whatsoever. So it's their incredible hypocrisy that, look, cults can't see how hypocritical they are, right? Because they're just so into that cult leader. They're so into the, the, the cult of Trump and the cult of personality, that nothing matters. They love Trump, period. They love Trump, right? Just like establishment Democrats love Biden. It doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. Facts don't matter. They just, they're in that cult and they'll stay in that cult forever. And it's, it's impossible to argue with them. I have friends. Yeah, I have friends who are in the cult of Biden. I have friends who are in the cult of Trump, and it's equally difficult to talk to either of them and to get through them, you know, to like say, well, maybe you shouldn't vote for Biden this time. Maybe you shouldn't vote. Maybe you should vote for RFK Jr. instead. Maybe you should vote for Ron DeSantis instead of Donald Trump. Here, here are the reasons. Here are like 10 good reasons. And all they'll say is, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. There's a media bias against Trump. Everyone hates him. He's a great man who's just, you know, he's the media just tears him apart and he's he has no responsibility in anything that happens to him. It's all a witch hunt. 100%. No personal responsibility for This is what these people say. This is what these people say. And the same thing with Biden and Hunter and how about the cocaine thing? Look like, Talk about hypocrisy. You know I love playing the what if game. What if it was the Trump administration or the DeSantis administration? Right? And they found cocaine. Wait a minute. This is even worse. What if it was the Trump administration? DeSantis' kids are too young, and one of his kids was a, you know, a, a noted Coke addict. What would they be saying? Yet you say, well, wow, you know, it kind of looks bad, doesn't it? Because Biden's son is a noted coke addict and meth addict and and they found cocaine in a locker it looks kind of bad right no 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 nothing to see here nothing. it doesn't look bad it doesn't look bad and now they all you know, conveniently don't find the person they could and bill bill do you want to talk because you you mentioned this the other day when I talked about the Secret Service when you talked about the Secret Service with Bill Clinton and I said well wait a minute If Bill Clinton went to Epstein's Island, why wouldn't the Secret Service detail talk about it? And you said, I'll put you on in a second, Bill. You said, Bill said, to your credit, well, the Secret Service, their job is to protect Bill Clinton, not to out Bill Clinton. And the same thing goes for this cocaine thing with the White House. They work for Joe Biden now. Their job is to protect Joe Biden, not hurt Joe Biden. So the Secret Service conveniently, Nah, we don't know who put it there. We can find out. Imagine saying we don't we can't find out who put cocaine in a locker in the White House. And people believe it. They wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't take that answer if it was Trump. and his son, or one of his sons were notable drug addicts. So Bill, you're right. It's just proved it again. It's their job to protect joe biden not hurt joe biden
2: well you know mike i i never really let the cat out of the bag i really love donald trump and i also (laughs) love joe biden and i'd I'd actually love for them to endorse some other candidates and just withdraw from this whole thing wouldn't you love to see donald trump endorse ronda santis and just fade away into the his businesses, but where I, he can I, I, rub elbows with it. his career get, we criminals. We live in
0: the most bizarre country. We live in the most bizarre country where you have candidates. You have you have candidates in each primary, right? Like RFK Jr. and DeSantis. You have viable alternatives, alternatives younger alternatives, and they don't even want to look at them. Right? The cult of Trump doesn't even. They loved Ron DeSantis like Trump did before he ran against Trump. Now they hate him. That's a cult. The same thing with Biden. There are plenty of people who liked RFK. Kennedy. The Democrats used to love Kennedy. They used to be the, the, the party of Kennedy. But God forbid he challenged Joe Biden, and now they hate him and want to destroy his reputation. It's a cult. This is a cult mentality. We have to break this. Look, I don't live... In any other country, I've only lived in. I lived in Canada for a couple of years. I don't know if this kind of cultishness with politicians exists anywhere else. It probably doesn't because it's probably less likely to happen in a parliamentary system than in this system.
2: Well, I think um, you know if you look at the Windsors, um, the Royals in England, that the people for some reason. Uh, get caught up in idolizing that kind of uh, wealth just like they do here. People put Trump is a career criminal. I would love for Donald Trump to walk into prison. You know what I mean? But it's never going to happen. You know.
0: Just I would love it, the Yeah.
2: And then, you know, Joe Biden wouldn't we love for him to walk into prison too, you know, without, you know for what he did to Tara Reid and God knows how many other you know people what? along with Donald Trump.
0: Yes. To both. But at this point, I would take both of them walking into retirement.
2: Well, that would be a first step. Yeah, okay, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Walking to the,
0: yeah. walk the nursing home together. That's <laughs> <what>. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll take care of it. You know,
2: I can't imagine four more years of either of them personally, oh, but we uh, may be faced with that.
0: Well, behind, it, it would it it. definitely be four years of Trump, but it would yeah. most likely be maybe a month or two of Biden and then yeah. three and a half years of Kamala. So, you know, when Republicans make that point, they're right. They're right. It's like you're voting for Biden. You're going to vote. You're basically voting for Kamala Harris. So you better be okay with her being president.
2: Yeah, right. Hey, you know, I, oh my God, I can't imagine. See, we can listen to her giggle and try to talk word salad for four years. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, oh look, my God.
0: Biden and Kamala, they're both puppets, right? Of course. They're both This is why Democrats are not nervous about a Biden administration or a Kamala Harris presidency because they're just they're not nervous because neither of them really do anything. They're just puppets and they can be used, which is what the powers that be want. They want a president who can just be a puppet. Now, we know that we know that Ron DeSantis definitely would not be a puppet. We know that. We know from his history in Florida and in Congress, he's nobody's puppet. And his background in the military, he's nobody's puppet. But but Donald Trump, at one point, I would have said that, too. I'd say he's nobody's puppet. But he is a puppet. He proved that. And Ian Miller and I talked about that yesterday. He proved it when he said, I'm not going to fire Fauci because I'm afraid of the media backlash, right? And as you've said, the people he hired, which are just major swamp creatures. Yeah. So he proved He's a tough talker, but he's basically a wimp puppet in the end.
2: Yeah, he's a deep fake. He's someone that was put up by the establishment to, uh, you know, talk a populist message and then get in there and just be their tool. You know, that you know that's the bottom line. And he's not going to be any different this time around if he does get in. But I really think he's intentionally sabotaging himself so that he doesn't have to withdraw and endorse. Ron DeSantis because you' listen first of all he's still hung up on you know warp speed and what a great thing it was and his own fans boo him for that mm-hmm. a lot of them it's like he's self-sabotaging on some level I believe but right if yet still because you know he's so extreme now he's and some of the things he's saying about immigration which like we're gonna anyone who doesn't love this country and uh, this this is one thing that I take issue with with him. I don't love oligarchs who are corrupt uh, corporate pigs running this country, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. right? Because that's yeah. who runs this country. It's run by the transnational pigs. Right. Of, that's who runs this country, the banksters, yeah. the yes. the corporatocracy we have in this country. And that goes for the Catholic and Mormon church as well, because let's be honest, well, the Catholic, right. That's and, the re- And the Democrats
0: know that RFK would not be a puppet for them. So they, they're very afraid of that.
2: Right, right. I would love for Joe Biden to retire and, and endorse, uh, you know, Kennedy. that's never going to happen. Yeah, like you in, know, so. in, your,
0: in your dreams, man. Right, right. In your dreams, Jack. That's malarkey. I, I,
2: hey, hey, it's malarkey, right. It's malarkey, right. Jack. Maybe he'll fall off a bicycle and, like, have to retire. I don't know. But something. God's got to... Do something. We we need a divine intervention here. I don't. That's all I can say. This nation needs a divine intervention. I gotta tell you. Let me tell you, Mike. I get no respect.
0: You know what I mean, Mike? I tell you.
2: <laughs> Especially in Colin. When I start talking about God, I get no respect. Let me tell you, oh my God, all these lefties. If I start talking about a pro life, oh my God, I get no respect. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I'm, I'm proselytizing. And don't I care about body autonomy? I say, yeah, damn right, I do. You tell me one woman to get pregnant by herself that you can say it's just her body. Till then, you know, we only have one. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm tired of the bullshit. I'm also sick and Tired of the of the freaking woke left. I am so disgusted with and the but this is all coming from the Rockefeller Foundation and their whole plan for BRICS. I put an article in the chat. Remember before we talked about Dr. Ron Coleman, of course, yes, and yes, the Committee of yes. Three Hundred. Right. It's really about the supranational supranational wealth that runs the you know the. Um, Runs the world on a lot of levels. If you listen to Dr. John Coleman and, uh, like China's not our enemy. We talked about this. Those trade agreements from, you know, NAFTA, to the Bayesian free trade agreement, Asian free trade agreements. That was all by design. The, the gutting of this country's military. I'm sorry, not military. I mean to say the, uh, manufacturing base. You know, that's all intentional. Uh, the Belt and Road Initiative. If you, it's, uh, there, the Rockefeller Foundation and the Gates Foundation and Gavi, if we're going to go there and the World Health Organization, it's all tied in with the World Economic Forum, all these globalists, Mike. Right. You know? Which, you know, uh, you know, I, um, Claude Schwab, I, I'm uh, very proud of my young global leaders. You know, Putin was one of my, my first graduate. And then we have Macron and, uh, Trudeau and, uh, you know, uh, oh, oh, Angela Merkel. I mean, to make me gag. This is where this, and, uh, what else to say? And then China needs the, we can. We have less than five percent of the world's population, still consume upwards of twenty-five percent of the world's resources. China needs us as a market. Mm-hmm. These are wrong. We saw you recall the movie Network and the scene, the corporation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, where there are no borders for the, for these transnational corporations. It's all about the internet trade of commerce right you know and that's what really goes on and they run the governments around the world it's bullshit this is a completely bullshit psyop narrative that we need to fight with china or russia bullshit mm-hmm. bullshit as far as i'm concerned that whole ukraine thing was manufactured and let's put it this way i'm i'm gonna run with this putin could have ended that war conflict within two weeks because supersonic missiles he that were unstoppable by any you know uh, weaponry we have supplied to nato and he could have gone right after the uh let's just say the infrastructures and completely disabled ukraine within two weeks with his hypersonic missiles and then said okay now you're going to talk to me ended it just like that i'm not saying destroy uh uh uh, nuclear power plants i'm talking about the transmission uh, uh the uh, electrical transmission grid uh, without taking out the power plants of course because that would destroy all of europe and the world so we, you wouldn't want to do that um maybe going with his forces and help manage them which i understand he's doing now anyway and uh and going after uh all Every, with, with the surveillance capability that Russia has, any weapons being shipped there, he could have freaking destroyed before they had a chance. Even wherever we were shipping them to, to Poland, before they went into the Ukraine, he could have said, you know, I'm not going to tolerate this shit. NATO's been expecting ever since, uh, you know, uh, uh, robust and Reagan the promise not to expand NATO. Yeah, no, he, he, just,
0: I, I said this a long, I said this a year and a half ago. I said Putin could have gone in and just destroyed everything very quickly. And obviously it was more of a systematic thing that he wanted to do. He didn't want to destroy the country. If he did, no, he would have. He would have. This is why when the the neocons say, "Oh, well, we have to stop him from destroying the country." He he, he stopped himself. He easily could have destroyed the whole country if he wanted to. Every 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 narrative you hear and the neocons, obviously, as usual, is fake. Same people who said weapons of mass destruction, Saddam Hussein was going to destroy the world, Saddam Hussein had something to do with nine eleven when he had nothing to do with nine eleven, so on and so forth, um, is a lie. Everything about Ukraine is a lie. Everything with Joe Biden right. is is such. He's 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 Zelensky's bitch. He's totally Zelensky's bitch. I was going to say he's you know, but it, it it's like he it, it, it just proved it. He's standing next to him, salivating, calling him by his first name. The wrong first name, by the way. OK, Vladimir and Volodymyr. Right? OK, it's close. What are you going to do? And that's that's really difficult for someone like Biden. Someone like Biden's not going to be able to tell the difference between Vladimir and Volodymyr. <laughs> <There's no> t- <laughs> and he didn't. He called him Vladimir. But, you know, they said, oh, I shouldn't be so formal. No, he's this bitch. and he, Zelensky knows it. He's got him by the balls. He's got him by the balls. So he gets everything he wants. From him now he's everything he wants. He gets. I've never seen anything like this. It's like a, a he's like a, the best sugar daddy ever, Joe Biden, to Zelensky. It's like oh, I want this, and then it's it. It really is like a, like a sugar daddy. Well, I can't give you that much, but then eventually he gives it to him, right? Well, I can't give you that, and now he's like, well, I got everything I want except that now I want to be in in NATO, right? That's the only thing I haven't gotten from my sugar daddy yet. NATO, he'll get it. Believe me, mark my words. He'll get it. They'll get into
2: NATO. Well, so, you see, go ahead.
0: Good. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: go ahead. Well, there's lots of see. It depends on where you step in and look at this and the layers of the onion. That may. That's part of the razzle It's all part of the play. It's all political narrative fucking nonsense. Because Mike, we have above that, remember, Dr. John Coleman, the Committee of 300, we have supranational wealth and families that have been around for generations and intermarry. They're calling the shots. It's not fucking Joe Biden or Zelensky or anybody on that level. That's just to distract us. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sick of, I don't take this personally. I mean, I don't, I know you like to discuss it on those levels, but if, if we're caught in the, in the PSYAP, if we do. Because that's all bullshitology. Because the, the bottom line is, like you said, just remember what Dr. John Cohn was talking about in this article I put in the live chat about the Rockefeller Foundation and the BRICS plan. This has all been designed for decades to occur this way. And the Ukraine war is a nothing more than a proxy war for, for the money, that type of level of wealth. The international, supranational wealth of the, the highest families with the most wealth, and we can discuss those in a bit. But and then the banksters that manage their money, because if you recall, BlackRock announced with Chase Morgan, they have a plan to rebuild Ukraine. Now, if they thought that the Soviet Union's intention—I've said by Soviet Union—I mean to say Russia. Uh, if, that the plan was to take over all of you know Ukraine and and if there was't some mm, let's put it this way there's more behind this that's that I uh, believe that goes right to the top about this whole all well, well, let me put it another way friendly Butler wars a racket. you know you had you had the Rockefeller Foundation, the Ford Foundation, IBM backing, the Nazis period that's a fact and backing them with with the Ford Foundation with equipment the rock the uh, Rockefeller Foundation and the, and the central bankers with money and uh, and also you had uh, IBM backing them with uh, with with uh, you know whatever the technology that was available at the time that they had Study that that's what really happened that's why uh, when, if we're really going to talk about what's going on in this world, uh, that's where I believe we need to be discussing things, or I would choose to focus, uh, because that's what's really behind all this. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't have all the answers. How do you go about dealing with the, that level of, uh, Well, they're evil. I mean, it's all about profiteering at cost and in data. And what they want to do is destroy nations and then debt them through the International Monetary Fund, uh, so that then our banksters, you know, the transnational banksters could go in there and privatize everything. And look what happens when we privatize, you know, the railroad industry here in this country. You know, the, it's a recipe for disaster because it's all about profit at all costs
0: sure yeah
2: so so this that's is what but the, that's
0: all that matters that matters more than safety or human life or whatever it may be obviously yes
2: right right so if you recall hillary clinton talking and uh, what's the woman's name we talked about was it albright it was madeline, worth
0: madeline albright yeah
2: right What well, she said about five hundred thousand kids being killed in the middle east was it her who said the well it was worth it Yes. You know, the calculator now. I mean, these people are psychopaths mm-hmm. because it was all about investing in Iraq, right. if you recall. Remember Clinton talking about investing in Iraq? Great right? investment opportunities to rebuild. It's all fucking couched in nationalism. Yeah. Like we go in there to somehow bring democracy. That's the last freaking thing we're in there for. Right. You know? And it's a, we talked about this. Anytime a country wants to break away from the central bank system, like Saddam, uh, Saddam Hussein did, and Gaddafi, on the dinar, they're going to go in there and freaking railroad that country.
0: Yeah, the, you know, so that's, the Ukraine thing is getting me more and more pissed off. It's getting me more and more. Pissed oh, off it's more of the same. You know, you, you hear this bullshit about you know they're worried about Putin taking over the world, but then they say he can't even take over Ukraine. You know, so well, I've talked about that, the, the the logic, the flaws in that logic of saying he's going to take over all of Europe. Yet he can't even take over the Ukraine, right? So they're like, they say, "Oh, he's a weak army. They're they're not in it morally yet." Oh, we have to do this because otherwise he would take over the world. Well, how? If he's such a shitty military with such bad morale, who can't even take over a a small country like nothing country like Ukraine, how's he how's he going to take over all of Europe like Hitler? It's ridiculous. They're they're, they're absurd. They're absurd. Then even with the cluster bombs, right? You have this. They, they. I'm glad that some people. Um, on both sides of the aisle is speaking out against these obviously uh uh, illegal 120 companies Uh, countries you know the only three countries that have not made this illegal are us ukraine and russia what a coincidence huh what a coincidence what a happy coincidence that the only three countries that haven't made these cluster bombs illegal are us ukraine and russia wow wow what a coincidence but to say things like i've heard this from these neocons like well Russia's using these things. So we should let Ukraine use them. Oh, so two wrongs make a right now. Right. So Russia's killing children. So Ukraine slash United States should kill children. Right. This is ridiculous. This is like saying, well, Hitler had a concentration camp, so we should have done the same thing. Hey, if Hitler were killing Jews, we should have done that to Germans. These people are so abhorrent. All they care about is the war machine. All they care about is the money that comes with this war machine and this fucking ridiculous world dominance that we have to beat our fucking chests and show that we're more powerful and more alpha than Vladimir Putin. These people are fucking insane that they say these things that in the in, in normal times, if you would, would make absolutely zero sense whatsoever. You think if one hundred and twenty three countries said these bombs should be illegal, that that should trump, if you would, the three fakakta countries that decided not to make them illegal. And they're just it's a happy coincidence that it's the United States, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, so to. It it's, it's it's fucking mind-boggling. It really is how they justify their war machine.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is there's so many ways to look at this. Uh, like again, it depends on when you're stepping and looking. If you look at the military-industrial-congressional complex, the tech, uh, the technocracy, the, the elite, this 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 all fits their narrative perfectly because it's it's uh, Klaus Schwab, What are you talking about? The Great Reset. Right. Don't let any crisis go to waste. It's all coordinated, Mike. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know the war. It's all coordinated with the uh, uh, the pandemic, I right? right. pandemic. You know, and the plans for the future. The World Health Organization. This is all about creating. Uh, the destabilization, demoralization, the crisis, the to move things to a new normal ideological subversion, which we talked about. Ron
0: DeSantis came out a couple of days ago and made a new statement about the Ukraine thing. and He pretty much said, It's got we have to stop sending them money and, and we shouldn't send them these cluster bombs. He said, He said what I said. He second, Ron DeSantis basically said what I said a few days ago, which is that we're just feeding keeping the war going forever that there's no exit strategy again that the that the Biden administration has not outlined what victory looks like he said we have to stop doing this we have to force peace negotiations and we're not going to force peace negotiations by constantly feeding the war machine with money and weapons so he said that I like that answer I'm happy with that answer I can live with that answer Right, and Julian Assange
2: even said these wars are not about winning. It's just like, frankly, Hillary Clinton said, "We're going to make Ukraine the new Afghanistan." This, don't you understand? It's it's all it's all to drive the military industrial complex wealth. Uh, my God, with our military budget dwarfs. I'm sorry. Russia's military budget, even China's, because even if we say we account for $800 billion roughly a year in our military budget, there's a the trillions of dollars a year that are not accounted for through the Pentagon audits. Trillions. Right. It's trillions. I mean, Russia's entire military budget. I'd like to listen to uh, Colonel McGregor talk about this or Scott Ritter about how this... We've, we've spent more in Ukraine... Now, than Russia's entire military budget for a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, yes. this is the, 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 so, but why do we do this? Again, you have to go, I would suggest looking at it from the level of of the banksters privatizing a country to and driving it into debt, uh, uh, uh to where they capture it. You see, and that's, that's the agenda. And, and I would argue, that Putin, as a graduate of one of the first graduates of the World Economic Forum, that he's playing his role in all this. Because let's face it, he's not, his bankers aren't fighting central bank digital currencies. No, they're all on board for that. And it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of trade that's happening, uh, you know, where Putin will sell his oil. To, uh, I forget which countries now. I remember reading about it. Then it gets, it's sold into Europe. It's like, it gets, it's just a change of hands, like, like, uh, the corporation scene and, and, uh, network, you know, and so if we start looking at things as the international trade of commerce where there's no borders. And we realize it's not Putin who runs Russia. It's not Xi Jinping who runs China. It's not Biden or Trump who runs, you know, is gonna, has ever run our government or Obama. Here's one example. When the Freedom of Information Act uh, uh, was revealed, when people were looking at who appointed, basically it was Chase Morgan who appointed Obama's cabinet. Right. There you have it. And if you look at the cabinets of of, uh, of Donald Trump, it was mostly Council of Foreign Relations, yep. Trilateral Commission, of yep. uh, uh, you know the globalists, uh, yeah, the world economic farmers. His
0: cult is convinced that he drained the swamp. This is bullshit. It's all rhetoric, right? Exactly, it's exactly. The, it's all it's all rhetoric, and they believe their cult leader what what he says to them. Doesn't matter. Right. Them. Hey, Bill, do you have anything? I, I want to just uh, I want to read a couple of tweets about Trump, and then wrap it up well, anything else you want to add yeah
2: well there's so much more i mean what i did was i loaded up the chat as i always do so there's like if i could just quickly run through just topically and then we could talk about them on future days we got the rockefeller foundation bricks plan literally that's the title basically of the article and uh so that's in the live chat um it, we can talk about that more tomorrow hopefully then we have um well the nyu former who got Mark uh, Christopher Miller, have you heard about him, MCM? Yep. We can talk
0: about right. that tomorrow if you want. Sure. Yeah, we'll talk about
2: that tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, that would be great because, boy, boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Then there's um, – uh, oh, oh, remember we talked about how if hormones – enough, depending on the hormones given to a man, they can actually lactate? Well, the CDC talks about what they call now chest feeding.
0: Oh, God. They're
2: actually – Endorsing it on some level, without talking about the health complications it's going to cause to the babies, not to because mention they're, they're it's
0: political it's ch- activists. They're left-wing political activists. It's
2: That's sick. Well, it's child they're, abuse. They're
0: That's what it's it, is, is. It. it is. Who cares with the CDC? If you take the CDC seriously, you shouldn't even be talked to. I mean, no, the
2: corporate captured, it's, and it's Joseph Ladubov talked about that, and the FDA being totally corrupt and corporate mm-hmm. captured. So does Ron DeSantis. Could be called
0: the corporate <laughs> yeah. Democrat uh, corporation. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I just made it's, that up now. Corporate Democrat corporation.
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's pretty true.
0: <laughs> hey Bill, let me, let me let you go. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, all right. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, okay. But this is what I wanted. I want to just end this on 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 Trump, of course, because I have my own Trump derangement syndrome. Um, Bill Mitchell, who's been really good on, uh, he's CEO of Your Voice Studios, does a podcast. He's been really big on uh, on Twitter as a, as a Santa supporter, and he said, "Is Trump really winning?" Let's sit back and consider. For a quote-unquote front runner, his 35 million combined raising was anemic. He raised 250 million in two weeks after 2020, and there wasn't even a campaign to support. He has to lie about his crowd size in Pickens. An aerial shot will confirm the crowd was about 3,000. <laughs> Trump said it was 75,000. A truly remarkable lie. Trump followed up his massive crowd in Pickens with about 400 405- and. 450 people in Iowa and about 300 in Nevada. He had to crash a UFC event to make everyone forget his pathetic crowds. And that's what Trump did. He crashed this UFC event. Remember, everyone went to see the UFC event. It wasn't a Trump event. So he crashed that event and then lied about people coming to see him. Okay, so he is insulting the popular governor of Iowa for some crazy reason and their voters, but not by not attending the candidate summer there. By the way, a governor, who among Republicans is like an 87% approval, not something a normal person does. So what does that bring us back to? The polls. Will we never learn? After endless cycles of manipulation by pollsters, will we never learn? But they are all for Trump, you argue? Sure. And all climate scientists believe CO2 causes warming. If these guys want to get paid like climate scientists, they tow the company line. They collude. The one poll that didn't collude was Marquette in Wisconsin. And they had to this up by about 16 points. The media never talks about that poll because the left media and many on Fox News want Trump to be the naive. They have said so over and over again. The only evidence Trump is winning is the fake polls, even as crowd numbers are fake. And the fake polls things brings up this. This is what Trump and his supporters believe. When they lose, it's rigged. When they're winning, it's real. So the elections are rigged, but the polls are real. Are these people to be taken Seriously. Do they seriously believe also, as I've mentioned before, that a guy that just lost to Joe Biden by 7 million votes pre indictments. This was a guy who was not under indictment, was an incumbent president at the time, not under indictments of any kind, lost by 7 million. He's actually going to beat Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom or whoever under indictment. Times two or time three. So independents who didn't vote for the guy when he was president and not under indictment are going to vote for him as a challenger, under three indictments, maybe even convicted. These people truly believe this stuff. That's it. Once again, they're not to be taken seriously because they're in a cult, but they're going to get us all messed up. They're going to get us all. <laughs> We're all going to have to pay for that cult if it's strong enough to push Trump through the primary. We have to do all we can to make sure it doesn't. And I agree with Bill Mitchell. I think the polls are absolute total garbage, just like Trump's fake crowds. I mean, that thing with the UFC was hilarious. Where it's like, they're all here for me. Look at them and they all came to it. That's like me going going to the Yankee game and saying, oh, those 50,000 people came because I decided to go to the game. I mean, your ego has to be so inflated that well also he, he knows he can lie and get away with it, and his cult will believe that all those people at that event came to see him. <sighs> what else can be said about these people? I don't know. I don't know. But they better get on board. They better get deprogrammed and on board the DeSantis bandwagon, because if not, we are in a lot of trouble. But I'll say it again. And oh, by the way, DeSantis came out and said this is by the way, the media loves to do this. You know what the media does when they want to make one candidate seem inevitable is they talk about the challenger being the vice president. They do it every election cycle. The media did it to Bernie. Right. They kept on asking him, would you be Hillary's vice president? Would you be Joe Biden's vice president? That's what they try to do to try to make it look like that person has no chance of actually winning the primary and the best they can do with the two spot. They want that aura of inevitability. They wanted it for Hillary. They wanted it for Biden and they want it for Trump. So they keep on asking Ron DeSantis if he'll be Trump's number two guy. They'd never ask Trump if he'll be DeSantis' number two guy, just the way they never asked Hillary or Biden if they'd be Bernie's number two guy, because the media wants, the left-wing media and many on the right want Trump to be the nominee. The people on the right, because they're in the cult, and the people on the left, because they know he's going to be defeated. So they keep on asking Ron DeSantis if he'll be Trump's guy. And he said very clearly, "Nope, I'm not a number two guy. And he very, you know, honestly said the vice president doesn't have any real authority squashing that. But once again, they do that just to make it seem like the number one person is definitely sailing in. And I'll say it again here. DeSantis will win the primary and he'll be on next president. I'm going to end on a positive note. Isn't that a nice positive note to end on? I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind everyone tomorrow night's a Friday night show. We'll end the week with our usual talk about whatever's on your mind, and it'll end with my review of Mission Impossible 38. No, Mission Impossible, is it the seventh one, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which means there'll be a part two, which means I think there'll be an eighth mission impossible so anyway but uh, that'll come tomorrow night uh this show is titled and let's be heard that's the name of the show and it airs weeknights 11 p.m pacific 2 a.m eastern so i'll be right back with you tomorrow night but until then this is micah chopley reminding you that your influence counts use it